Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. That's right. North Idaho Repcast on IdahoSports.com. Uh, no Ryan Skaggs. He is still out. So Brandon Bainey joined by a special guest today, head coach and athletic director at Mullen High School uh, for the uh, Mullen St. Regis football team and also the 80 at Mullen High. Stetson Spooner, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Can I say right away, right off the bat, like if there was an all-name team, you're on it. Stetson <laughs> Spooner, what a name. Thanks. I've got that, yeah, my whole life. It's it's a... Uh... I never really know exactly where I'm where, where I'm named after either. My dad's kind of a cowboy, and so I don't know. Probably something to do with the hat, right? I would guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So so Mullen is kind of tucked away, way up there in North Idaho. Uh, I personally know Mullen pretty well, only because I grew up in Western Montana, and we we went to Coeur d'Alene and Silverwood theme parks so often when I was a kid, or even out to Seattle. And every time you got to drive right right past Mullen, you don't you don't think about it too much. But I think it's so awesome what you're doing up there at Mullen. Let's start with the football team that uh, that you're the head coach of in this co-op with St. Regis, Montana. For for those that don't know, how did that come about? Um, I mean, I'm just the head coach on paper, man. The guy the guy that I split it with, Jesse Allen, um, he's the me at St. Regis, their AD, and does all that stuff. Um, yeah, and he's a rock star. Anybody I, I've coached with, uh, I've coached for some great coaches. I've played for some great coaches in high school and college. I don't know a program that wouldn't welcome that dude with open arms, give him any price he asked for and have him do the legwork. This guy is outstanding. I, I, I don't know that it would have worked with anybody else that I personally know. Um, and I know a lot of football guys, but Jesse Allen had an idea once, um, it was about a month after they beat us. We hit a buzzer beater in boys basketball against St. Regis here in Mullen uh, to tie it. We went to the free throw line. There was a, le- a lane violation. They gave another shot and they won by one. It was a crazy game. It was wild. Well, a month later, he calls and I'm like, oh, great. One of the kids from the stands yelled something stupid. I'm putting my AD hat on. Something's going to happen. And he says, hey, this is going to be the weirdest phone call you've ever got. What do you think? about potentially co-oping in football. I've taken a look at your numbers. They're abysmal. I've taken a look at our numbers. We can't fill the season. You couldn't last year. We played a six-man year, like five games to try to um, salvage a season back, geez, probably 2016, 17, somewhere in there maybe. I I don't remember exactly. Um, But he kind of – he had studied it, man. He did the numbers. He looked at it and he said, I've already talked to Mark Beckman of the MHSA. And he said, if it's good on your end, this thing could actually happen. Um, And in Montana, I don't know about Idaho down south with other co-ops, how far they are. Um, Like Genesee Colton, I don't know how far that is. I would assume 15 minutes to a half hour drive, maybe. I don't know. Um, But Montana, on their their end, our co-op's nothing compared to what some of these teams in Montana drive. Right now, there's a there's a five-team co-op in Montana to play six-man football. Five schools are co-oping to make a six-man team. And I don't know how many miles that spans, but I'm willing to bet it's farther than us in St. Regis. So That's got to be up on the high line, right? Um, it's Actually, I don't think it's as far as you uh, – well, maybe. I don't know my Montana – eastern Montana geography, being a Kalispell guy. We're, we're west of the mountains. We don't go that way unless we're doing something with Great Falls usually. Um, but I want to say Stanford – was one of the schools. Um, and then, man, I can't remember. I 
I, I can't remember, but there was, like I said, there was five schools that were all kind of small outliers. And, and when you, when you look at it, man, it's just tough. And I, I somebody had said they're co-oping for 10 kids, which is just wild between five schools, but some, and that's kind of the boat we were in um, when this thing started, but yeah, I got to kind of give credit to Jesse Allen about that. Um, and the IHSA hearing our plea, um, Mullen was in a bad spot. St. Regis was in a bad spot. Um, we just kind of wanted to make sure that good or bad football seasons were going to happen. Kids were going to get to play. Um, and at that time, in a selfish way, Jesse Allen, <clears throat> he owed nothing to Mullen student athletes. And at that time, we owed nothing to St. Regis, Montana student athletes. Um, but once we got to know each other and this thing started, we have had zero hiccups with guys coming together, playing, getting along, personalities clicking. And it's just gone up from there. And we knew the numbers would increase, but we've got here at Mullen, we have six kids playing football that have never worn cleats before. Um, not all are freshmen. They just want to be a part of it. They think it's exciting and it's cool. And, you know, some of them aren't all state players or whatever. And that's, that's great. But the, the worry was to not have to miss a season ever again. And I think right now, at least the foreseeable future, we won't have to miss a season. Yeah, so uh, this is something you see uh, as a as a long term partnership between the two schools. Hopefully, we we hope so. We're we're going to be um, really good on numbers for about three years. Uh, we have a big, we have a, a decent sized junior class, and then a big sophomore class. And St. Regis has a big freshman class and a big eighth grade class, and then they have kind of a medium sized seventh grade. But after our sophomore class and Mullen graduate the graduates that we have now. Uh, that's going to be a huge hit on our overall enrollment and athletic participation. That's going to graduate about 12 kids from one class. Um, and I think two coming behind it, three, maybe. Uh, and then junior high and elementary, you never know with those numbers, but they're not huge numbers. Uh, they're not huge numbers. If I was to count on paper, I think we did the other day just to try to forecast stuff. But at these size schools, it changes every day every week. Um, but after that sophomore class for us graduates, at least on the Mullen side, I count four or five high school football players, nine through 12. Um, so it, it drops off tremendously. And hopefully between the two of us, we can just keep sustaining, right? Kind of where we are. And, and by where we are, it's great to win. And we're, we're having a fun ride with it. We've had some success with a couple freak athletes that always helps. Um, but the success that I'm talking about is just we don't have to worry about a Friday night game. We we know we will have kids playing and a handful on the bench, uh, and that's that's what it's the whole thing was about. Yeah, anytime you can get kids opportunities, I'm I'm all for it. So right. you, you guys split up the games, right? You play half in St. Regis, you play half in Mullen. How how do you split up the practices? Well, it's it's obviously a giant uh, sacrifice from the St. Regis kids, really, due to the time change it makes total sense for them to get out of school at three when it's two our time, come to us. And we start school. We, we start practice probably about a half hour later than most teams. Um, but they do that trek almost every day. When, when we play in St. Regis, which is one or two times a year, uh, we'll go practice in St. Regis for that week. Give those guys a break from coming over the hill. It's our turn around a bye week. We'll go over and, and run through our three kind of hard days of practice at their place just to give them a break. 
That's awesome. That, that's a great partnership. So yeah. uh, that, that's really exciting. So I'm trying, I'm trying to explain to people because your, your first game of the year was against Thompson falls, which is a good Montana team and uh, didn't end up the way you guys wanted. And people right. were, Oh yeah. Mullen St. Regis, they're flashing the pan. I tried explaining to them that, well, Thompson falls for a long time was like a class B school, 11 man football. And so they have to be one of the largest eight man teams in the state of Montana. So it wasn't like some cupcake you were playing. It was a really good team. And so I, I don't know, I've tried to make inroads using my Montana expertise, but I'm not sure if anybody's listening. <laughs> right. They, they're a fantastic team. That's why we picked them. Uh, we, we really wanted to push ourselves out of the gate early. Um, they were outstanding. They're a good tackling team. Uh, like they were probably 25 plus kids, 35, 30 on the sideline. They are a big school. They're very talented. Um, they're coached very well. That uh, Their coach does a great job, obviously runs a good program, I think. I want to say they're top four. They're undefeated in Montana, and they're, they're slapping people. Um, for us, I think we might be their closest game of the year so far. Um, we were down just due to some in-house school stuff um, that took place, which it, I'm not an excuse guy. We lost. That was a dang good team, and if I had these two guys back, I don't know if we'd win necessarily, but I think it'd be more of a game. Um we were down starting D end potential all state guy, the way he's playing this year, since he's actually been able to be in games. Um, he didn't get to play against Thompson falls. And then he's also our starting offensive guard or tight end at that time. Then our right guard and other starting D lineman was those two guys were out and Thompson falls quarterback with some read option stuff, running through the middle, picking on DNs a little bit. He was kind of tailor made for us to be down those guys. Um, again, not saying we, we win with them, uh, but I think that that 16 or 18 points we lost by, whatever it was, I think that margin on paper would shrink. Um, I don't know if we'd win. You know, might be the same outcome. But um, Adam Ball cramped up in the halfway through the third quarter, didn't play half the third and the fourth. Caleb Ball cramped up his calf, calf halfway through the third quarter, played the fourth, but sat out half a quarter. So Luke Trogdon's out there banging, getting a touchdown by himself, trying to pick up the pieces. Anytime you lose athletes like the Ball Brothers, it's things are going to look different because those guys are top notch. Yeah, and I'll take those balls over Alonzo and Lamelo Ball in <laughs> in football for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So yeah, okay. Whenever we hear about Mullen St. Regis, we we hear about the Ball Brothers. We hear about Trogden. Introduce us to some of the guys that maybe don't always get the spotlight. Who who are some of those gritty guys that are uh, maybe not in the spotlight that are making your program successful? Sure. Um, I think first on the list, and, and I'm only going to bring his name up first over the other guys, is just simply for what he's done this year. Um, Blake Layton is an animal. Um, he's He plays defensive end for us in a game. It's not weird for us to throw him out a corner, put him in middle linebacker, and it's the same thing. Um, this kid will have five-plus tackles for a loss per game, tackles for loss per, per game for, for the two that he's played. And of that, two to three to four will be sacks, and he'll go rack up 10 to 16 other tackles at D-end, corner, or linebacker. It allows us to do a lot of other things with Luke and Adam. Um, Caleb has really settled in defensively, uh, discipline-wise, on the defensive side of the ball. Everybody knows him offensively. He's got a lot of moves, a lot of, a lot of talent, a lot of sauce, he calls it. Um, and then another guy is Floyd Nelson. Um, he's a junior. He's kind of been that guy where you throw him a ball and he's open. He'll catch it. But now he's sort of coming downhill on defense, banging. Um, 
He's liking the contact. He's sort of high point balls, fighting for a ball. And then it's not catch it, go down. It's shake a guy off and continue more. Um, he's really improved speed wise. And then um, John Pruitt, he is maybe the most selfless football player I've ever met. Um, in my opinion, we have the top three running backs in eight man football in North Idaho, in district one above district two. Um, and that's, Adam Ball, Luke Trogdon, and my center, John Pruitt. That kid as a freshman last year had 33 carries, I think, for 690 yards and nine or 10 touchdowns. That was a backup guy. He's really, really talented. Um, he's a full-on basketball guy. He straight looked me and Coach Allen in the face and said, I hate football. I'll play wherever you want me to play. I don't care about touchdowns. I just want to win and be a part of the team. And he's really athletic. He's super thick and strong. He's kind of our our big tackler when he makes a hit is this thing where he just kind of throws him on the shoulder and that Atlanta Falcons play a couple years ago, just kind of flat back flapjacks the guy down and gets the sideline and the crowd all going. And John Pruitt is uh, he's worth his weight in gold for our program, man. He's, he's good stuff. I got to see that in person. That's that sounds like a good time. For he's sure. a good player. He's, he's tough. <laughs> right on that. That's so cool. And uh, yeah, like you said, winning is contagious. It can really spread yeah. from, from the top down to those younger players that want to suit up just to be a part of the team and be a part of that, that winning experience. So now you move into kind of the interesting part of your, your schedule here as you get ready for Clark Fork. Now that game is in Mullen or in Clark Fork. It's actually in Mullen. It was there, but every year we flip flop and between ADs, uh, they had an AD change and somewhere we just kind of forgot to, cause we were up there first last year. So then this year they'll be here first and we'll end up there. So gotcha. just in translation through the shuffle, it got lost for a minute, but gotcha. Okay. So home game for Mullen, uh, yeah. that, that game will kick off at three. Okay. Three thirty yep. in Mullen Friday. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Clark Fork, the Wampus cats are three, and oh, they look pretty solid as well. How do you view this matchup with them? Um, it's the one we kind of gear for and, and only because Kootenai's in a rebuild. Um, I just knowing that program's history, Kootenai, um, with Doug Naparella at the reins. They have a new guy at the reins, um, Jake. I want to say it's Pfeiffer or Pfeiffer. Whatever his name is, I remember coaching against him, and the dude was an animal. Uh, he destroyed teams that I coached for his whole high school career probably. Um, but I think Doug Naparella has led Kootenai in the right way for so many decades that I'm sure this Jake is the guy for the job. So I haven't had the pleasure to coach against him yet, but I did get the um, I did get to watch him on film play Wallace and then in person play Wallace the second time. And man, he does a lot with a little. And what I mean is little numbers. He's got some athletes. He uses them the right way. I think he's a good coach. Um, so that being said, just because they're in a rebuild, everybody goes through them. Everybody's been there. We'll be in it again. Everybody, you know, roller coaster. Um, but because of that, Clark Fork's kind of the one. Um, and Brian Arthur, who's a friend of mine, he's a coach I respect. Um, we talk regularly, sometimes not about football. Um, he's going to have him ready. He likes to have him bang. He knows what to do with standout athletes. Carter San Roman is a standout athlete. Um, Sam Barnett, I think his name's Sam, but it's a Barnett. I think there might be brothers on the team. But I think Sam is number 20. And he's got wheels, man. He's impressive in track last spring. Um, he's banging a little harder on defense this year. They've got a, a big boy or two up front that are they're gonna they're gonna test us for sure. Um, and like you said, a three and O team's a three and O team. Uh, I know Idaho sports. You guys do a great job from taking losses against a certain opponent that may be 
kind of number one ranked or big dog as far as that hurting the losing team. But as far as a winning team, man, 3-0 is 3-0. And that's why the power rankings exist and Clark Fork's up there. So they've got a they've got a spot that they're trying to hold on to, and we've got a spot that we want to take. So it, it'll be a good one. Um, and I think on yesterday's prep cast that was shared, or today's from yesterday, you guys had mentioned, one of you guys had said, Clark Fork would, not, would want nothing more than to avenge the last game here of their season last year. Uh, and that's what we're ready for. And we've been hitting the mouth with that before. Uh, two seasons ago, two full seasons ago, we beat Lakeside 86-6 to in Mullen. And it was weird. We threw the ball twice. We ran up the middle. We had 10 guys. We didn't have a lot of subs. It just was what it was. Running dives and they were going to the house. Um, the next year, I don't know if our guys were asleep. What happened? 36-6, 38-6, Lakeside got us um, two years ago. And we ended up having to play in that tiebreaker to host the state playoffs when Kendrick came here and kicked our butts pretty good. So um, the teams up here, man, they, they'll they shock you. There's good coaches. There's good coaching. There's good athletes. Um, and re- realistically, we're just trying to, at this point, be as good as we can to be sure if we are the team that represents District 1, to, to make a little noise. I think last year beating a good Horseshoe Bend team in a wild weather game was a step in the direction of legitimately being mentioned and, and recognized um, and acknowledged with, with the District 4s and the District 3s and the District 2s because for years it was the Deary and Kendrick show up here. I mean, if you if you got through one of them, you were a legit team. And I think Doug Naparella had a little bit of success at Kootenai um, a couple of years ago, making it to some semifinals. And I know he ran into the Leighton Van Der Esch Salmon River team um, probably nine or 10 years ago now. Um, but there is some talent up here. And and I think Clark Fork has some of it. And I think we have some of it. And I think Kootenay's trying to build some of it. So it's it's a good time up here for football, for sure. Yeah, I was just excited that Kootenay had enough kids to, to put together a schedule this year after it's been kind of in flux the last couple of seasons. So Yeah, man, they have a couple athletes too. The, the, I, I think I'm pronouncing it right, the McGann, McCann brothers, they can they can play. And there's this other kid, number eight, unless he is a McGann brother, I apologize. But between the three, there's a they've got some athletes, some young kids, but big size kids. They're, they're going to be just fine if they get uh, a little more buy-in and, and they follow Jake uh, Piper's team and get rolling that way. I think they could have some success in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's going to be exciting to watch that all unfold. Okay. Let's talk one AD one football up in district one real quick. Cause I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out with Lakeside and Wallace, both teams look good at times. And then, and then also both teams look like, okay, there's still some things to work on. You have had the luxury to actually play both of those teams. So can kind of, can you help me out here? Can you help me sort out between Lakeside and Wallace? They're actually playing for the first time this Friday. Right. Um, I kind of plan on going to that game after ours if it's done in time. Brian might make it go to overtime, knowing Clark Fork. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'm I, not going to say it like I, I want to say it about Lakeside because I think Tucker Sanchez, it has been a pleasure to coach against that kid for his high school career. He's an outstanding young man on and off the field. I have the pleasure of knowing his family. I coached against his older brother, Briar, who was all-world athlete. Um, Tucker does a lot for that team, man. He's the glue He's the engine. He's the quarterback, and he's banging. I mean, running the ball, he'll put a dude down. Tackling the ball, he'll put a dude down. Um, But unfortunately for them, with that offense, and I think it was designed around – I can't speak for Coach Dorman, also a friend of mine, great guy. Um, I can't speak for him, but I think that offense was kind of built for the Vander Brown show, and 
as it should. The kid is an absolute weapon. I don't know what he runs for a 40, but if it was above four seven, I'd be shocked. I would be, he is a lightning bolt. He's shot out of a cannon. When he turns straight, wave goodbye. No, he's catching him from the back. Um, Wallace, on the other hand, uh, I, they're so vastly improved from the last two years. And I get, I mean, that coaching staff, those players for buying in, their center, uh, Robbie Morin, he, to see where he's come from for the last two years to now his senior year at, at center and DN, he's playing some football, man. He's making guys work. Um, their quarterback, I don't know if he played um, the last year or two years ago and, and he was a younger guy getting getting second string reps or something, but I think his name is Austin Streeter. Landon Streeter. Landon Streeter. That's his name. Really good, talented kid, number 11. He can make you hurt. He does. He has a great read out of the backfield, and he'll hit a B-gap and disappear. Um, but I – man, Wallace has size up front. Lakeside has size, but it's young. Wallace is as old. Skill position-wise, man, it, it kind of depends on Vander Brown, in my opinion. I, I think that Vander Brown is that much of an X factor, and I think he can hurt you for a 300-yard game, three to five touchdowns at any at any game, any week. Um, and I know as a coach, <laughs> having a guy that could go for 300 and four touchdowns, if you don't have him, a lot changes. Um, so, And, I mean, I hope they do. I hope both teams go in full strength. Uh, last week against Wallace for us, no teams left with guys – banged up past bumps and bruises to my knowledge. So everybody wants to see two full strength teams go at it. And even with Vander Brown, I, I think Wallace will have something to say about it. They're, they're playing very tough, very gritty. Their linebacker and fullback number 20, Liam Murdoch. He can play a little bit too, man. He's, he's like, and he, he enjoys hitting and he enjoys hitting hard. He's a big body. Um, yeah. I, I think it could be a pretty good game. Um, I think without Vander Brown, Wallace could maybe bully the ball up and down the field quite a bit, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it because it's got, it's almost like speed versus strength and which side will win out. So Right. And with Vander Brown, if he doesn't play, the speed aspect changes a little bit to when it, then it's maybe younger strength versus older strength. And as a coach, I know which one I would probably rather coach and, I think Wallace, man, I, they, you know, no discredit to the other team, but Wallace is out on a mission. They've got something to prove. I think they'd like to stay 500 and above. And I think this Friday would be a big statement for their program if they could pull that off. Yeah. Jared Young doing a great job coaching that team. He does. Yep. Sure. Absolutely. Does a great job. Yep. Yeah. So this is why I love having the North Idaho prep cast because we can really dive into these teams up north and district one that always kind of get. Uh, left behind in the shuffle, right? Statewide, the perception is always the teams up north. Yeah, but who are they playing? Well, I'll tell you, if we look at, if we jump to, to the 3A level now, just real quick, you've got Timberlake is 3-1, and one, <laughs> Kellogg is 3-0, and oh, and Bonners Ferry is 3-1, and one, and they've all beaten teams from uh, other states, Washington and Montana, and have competed well in the state of Idaho as well. Yeah, yeah. Um... I haven't paid much attention other than the overall record to Timberlake and Bonners um, and their record's great. Three and one's a place a lot of teams would like to be uh, unless you're Nick Saban in Alabama, I guess three and one doesn't look too good, but none of us are that. So, uh, but Kellogg, man, I, I gotta tell you, I, I'm seeing these scores and I'm hearing about this. Uh, the, I think his name is Varick something Varick or Varick something. And uh, the, the, the Luna brothers, 
Um, man, they are, they're pretty talented. Um, I've had the pleasure to watch it. Ripley. I think Ripley's the quarterback, right? Colby's the receiver. Yeah. Type of kid. yeah. Right. Ripley Luna throws a really pretty football. I mean, at 5A down to whatever level, when that kid releases the ball, it is really pretty. It's got great velocity, great air time, and it's landing dimes. Um, so I think they're in a good place with, with the Luna Brothers leadership. And I, I wish I knew the name of this kid. Um, something Varick or Varick something. And he is a monster. He plays with a motor. He's just in a great, he's like a 3A Luke Trogman, man. I think he's he's got to be like 6'1", maybe 6'2". Um, 200 plus pounds and he just bangs like a battering ram. Um, really fun to watch. Big pickup. I, I don't know if he's from Kellogg. I don't really know much about it, but he can play football for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's nice to see those three, A teams, you know, Bonner's Ferry is uh, one point away from being four and oh, they lost to Eureka, Montana by one. Yeah. They beat Libby, which is a, a bigger school. So, I mean, that's, it's really exciting to see. And then I, d- I just wanted to touch on real quick the 5A programs just because all of the games were like really close. You had Lake City only losing by seven to Moses Lake, which is a good Washington team. They lost 28-21. You had Post Falls falling in overtime to Mount Sy, which is a big program in Washington, 39-38. to That was a wild game. And then Coeur d'Alene, they just find a way to win. They, they played North Creek high school, which is over in Western Washington. And they won in overtime 43 to 42. It's, it's always exciting football up North, even with the bigger schools, it seems like. Oh yeah. I mean, Coeur d'Alene, since I've lived here, I'm going on my 11th year here in Mullen. Um, originally a Montana guys, I, I actually played Coeur d'Alene high school, my junior year of high school um, and my senior year. And I think my junior year, they got us pretty hard. They, they beat us at Coeur d'Alene high pretty good. And then my senior year, they had that running back, Went to Montana State. Uh, Kevin Ahi might be, might have been his name. He was an outstanding talent. And I just from from even from when I was in high school in Kalispell, I just remember hearing Coeur d'Alene football and how they're impressive. And in my eleven years here, they have not disappointed on that. Their pedigree is winning, winning well, having a great built program. Um, and Lake City's been in and out of the picture too since I've been here off and on. Um, it's good to see Post Falls come on. Like I said, five A's are probably the farthest from me from paying attention. If I'm checking Idaho sports, I'm looking at eight man scores, seeing what's going on. Um, but I know that uh, for district one and up North, even from five, a down, there's usually that one squad that can really stand apart and be, be battling for a state title. And in football at the five A's or the bigger schools, Coeur d'Alene's usually in that mix. Um, sounds like sound standpoint at the four A's is pretty impressive too. Yeah. Um, then you have Kellogg at the three A's and then, Volleyball, I'm not real sure. I think Lakeside's got or Lake City has a really solid team um, from what it sounds like. Then you've got the Timberlake Girls basketball program, which is LeBron sending them shoes for a reason. I mean, they're that good and they're that talented and well coached. Um, St. Mary's off and on will have these teams that just stand out as as top dog in the state at any classification from time to time. And they're here and there, they'll win a state title or an undefeated state title and be real good. Um, it seems to be the D1s. Uh, that uh, the, the the small schools, you know, the 1As, the D1s and D2s, gosh, we got hurdles getting over as we go down south. It's It just continues to get harder. I mean, you got Kendrick in District 2, who's just outstanding. And then when you get to District 3, for the past couple of years, it didn't matter football or basketball. You had Kobe Kelly at Garden Valley, and that kid was a super freak athlete. 
Um, and then we had our first taste of District 4 last year, um, and Dietrich was no slouch. They were not to be messed with. Um, it, it's crazy to, to see, watching all that film, playing against Dietrich, to see probably the worst half of football they played on the year was in the state title, and they still won. Um, that speaks a lot to that team. There was not a lot of holes um, and, and I'm a Montana guy. I came from watching those Drummond Montana teams with Chase Reynolds do what they did. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not going to say flip a coin who wins or anything like that, but that Dietrich team from last year probably would have a lot to say against a lot of eight man teams that I've ever heard of. Um, they were very talented. So for up here, man, I mean, five A's, I know down South, you get into the Highland, uh, the Highlands, the Rocky mountain, they're studs. I kind of followed them last year, man they had some animals on that team. I think they had a running back that's not done. I think he's a senior this year and he's outstanding. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for, for the North, at least at our size, we just try to, if it's our turn to represent, we just want to do it the best we can and kind of follow maybe those Timberlake girls basketballs lead and Coeur d'Alene football league. When it's time to go down South and play, those schools sure do it. They show up and do it. So we're just trying our best to, if, if it is us or if it's Clark Fork, I can guarantee that Coach Arthur and Coach Allen and myself will try to have our squads as ready to battle with the rest of the, the state juggernauts as we can. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, it's time to represent the North. So, OK, so you mentioned Drummond in Montana, which uh, just recently in the past five years co started co-oping with Phillipsburg, probably their most hated rival. Right now they're not co-oping, and that's like you said in Montana. That's pretty common. There's a five-school co-op, and co-ops are pretty common place in Montana. In Idaho, it seems like for whatever reason, there's a lot of resistance that teams would rather. And I don't want to speak out of school, but the perception to me coming from Montana is schools would rather keep that independence, and maybe we have enough kids for a team, maybe we don't, rather than co-oping with your rival 10 miles down the road. So you're, you're one of the few co-ops that exist in Idaho. What, what is your perspective on that? You know what? I, I actually was talking to coach Allen about this on a bus ride uh, recently. I think the, the IHSA's new move to football only classification. Um, and I, I'm sure you were aware of that, that they, they separated football can now move by itself. I think that you're going to see more co-ops with that rule being implemented. Um, you, I mean, take us for example. We don't need to be a division two with any other sport or uh, division one with any other sport. The argument of football could, could potentially be there with St. Regis having these big classes and stuff like that. Um, but I think it just allows, you know, Genesee, they were, they were playing up. If I'm, if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. They were always up in division one, at least since I've been here yep. and they were petitioning up now that they can, now that they're up, why not be with Colton if, you, if you're going to be up and stay in the same classification? Um, so I, I think you'll see more of them with football only being allowed to float. That, that could help. And especially, I think the IHSA does a great job with two-year windows, um, with two-year cycles on that. I think that's fair. And I think it gives a good evaluation time to judge that. Um, the, where, where I would say our co-op is different and potentially Genesee's is being the cross-state line co-op. So it could be, and I don't know this for certain, I haven't talked to anybody, um, but it could potentially be more difficult for us to just kind of call it off one, one classification cycle. If let's say Mullen magically has 20 kids on our own, which won't happen. But if we did, we would say, 
oh, you know, yeah, we won't co-op this year and, and we could just stand alone. Getting that back over the state line, that was a lot of work um, that we had to put in. And this year um, it's up for renewal again. So that's not a guaranteed thing. Um, I think the proof is in the pudding, hopefully, about what it's brought to our communities and our schools and our program. Um, just as far, like I said, number one, all the, the playoffs and the, the district championship and stuff is really cool. It's all great. No coach would say no to it. Um, it's a fun ride to be on. But, man, getting to come to practice every single day and knowing you could have a twisted ankle, maybe an ineligible kid. No schools want that, but they do occur. And three injuries. And you're still having practice. You're still having practice easy. You don't have to call anything off. You don't have to run left side of the line versus right side of the D-line, half-line stuff just to try to simulate some playground scrimmage. You know, you, you still have a program that can continue to get better rather than take steps back simply for three or four guys being gone or worse off, that being on a Friday and you can't play a game. Um, that's, that's where I think co-ops – I think with the football only classification movement and where co-ops could come in is I think it could, you could just see teams not having to say, Oh, well, I guess we don't have a season this year. Why not call the school down the road and see if you can't join them for two years, see how it goes and, and work with the classification scale and just play maybe where you're supposed to be, you know? Yeah. I, I like, I like what you said about that. I, I think uh, we could see that shift as these new yeah. roles get implemented. And you were talking about not having enough kids to practice. And I immediately just thought of like basketball practice where you have to have chairs as defenders. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, <laughs> all right. Let's wrap up the prep cast here. Let's talk a little bit about Mullen volleyball because uh, the volleyball team has been off and running as well. Now that's where uh, the sports are separate. Now you've played St. Regis already a couple of times in volleyball, right? Yeah, we played them last year once for sure. We may have played them twice. I think we got them last year, and now they're getting us this year. Um, we graduated uh, a couple studs, a couple standouts for us. Uh, Taloa Fallingwater has been awesome for us for years. She was a she was a gem, bona fide move in with her family. Why people move to Mullen, if they don't mind, we'll never know. Uh, but we were open arms to get this athlete when she was a freshman, and she ended up going to state and track two or three times and being MVPs of leagues, um, our North Star League numerous times, and um, then losing Emily Dykes. She was another senior. Uh, just that leader, kind of that quarterback, that glue, that cohesive voice that kept everything together and had a lot of talent as well. So our girls right now, they're rebuilding. We're young. We have no seniors. Um, we have zero seniors on the volleyball squad. Uh, two, two, three, maybe four juniors. Then it's all sophomores and freshmen, and there's only nine total, um, if I'm not mistaken, on the volleyball team. And they got their first league win uh, Tuesday night over Kootenai, which was awesome. It was in our gym, which is always great to get a district win. Uh, and when you're rebuilding, it almost is that you're in Montana, guys, so you'll get it. It's almost that Cat Grizz feel. If you're going to lose every game on the season, at least win one that matters. Like if the Cats go – one and nine, but they beat the Grizz successful year. I don't know that they care after that anymore. And the Grizz did that for 17 years. So it, it's kind of like that for us. You know, we, we were hurt, and I think we beat Priest River, Priest River JV. Then we lost. I mean, Wallace is an outstanding volleyball team this year. You'll be hearing them come state time, I think, in state tournament time. They're very talented. Clark Fork is a volleyball juggernaut. They always are in the D2s and D1. They've represented – I don't know how many years they've represented – but I'd be willing to bet it's over eight times in the last 10 years for the district twos um, or for the division twos. Um, 
So, I mean, for us, our girls, they're improving. They, they played very well Tuesday night, and they got a win that mattered. Uh, 1-0 in league is a pretty good place to be sitting when you're rebuilding. It's somewhere that you can build off of for the future. And these girls have a long future because they are so young. So it, it, things are looking good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to say real quick, uh, last year uh, when it came time for girls' state basketball tournaments, I I, I was broadcasting the 1A D2 tournament, so I got to see Mullen yeah. come around and compete. I was so impressed with Taloa Falling Water. If she, yeah. if she were just a couple of inches taller, yeah. I mean, she really could have been. I mean, she was a great player regardless, but if she – because she's like, what, 5'9", maybe 5'10"? If she was yeah, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if she was a little bit taller, I, I think she would have been unstoppable. I, I really do. So, oh man, she it was crazy because she never really played any sports before she moved here. To my knowledge, to my understanding, she kind of moved and goes, Yeah, I'll play that. Yeah, I'll play that. Yeah, I'll try track. She last year she ended up, uh, she ended up trying the triple jump at a meet just to try and loved it, won the meet. And I think it was at a bigger meet, it was Timberlake or somewhere. I mean, it was a three, a meet. She won it like three weeks later. She broke the school record for Mullen for the triple jump. She broke the school record about four times in her, in her career here in the discus. Um, then she went to state in the long, she might not have gone in the long jump. I think she went in two or three different events. Then she tries to high jump like a week, maybe two weeks before the state track. And she qualifies and goes to state in the high jump. Um, and I, she might've touched that school record. I'll have to go up and check um, on the board, but she was just a natural, really hard worker, natural athleticism. And the weird thing is most of those kids after a game, like you saw her play in basketball, they'd sleep until noon that next day. Cause she gives it all she has. That girl's up at four in the morning, hiking to the top of a mountain, trying to kill something with a bow and arrow. I, she, that, I've seen that girl hike out of the woods with elk on her back, bears in her car. She's as true blue mountain woman as it comes. She was about the toughest chick I ever met. Yeah, it's a good fit in Mullen for sure. It is. She she did she didn't not fit in fit in. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're you're a Montana guy. I'm a Montana guy. Most important question I'm going to ask you: Cat or Grizz? Oh, I. I'm one of those guys that says if it's the playoff time, even if they both make the playoffs, if the Grizz are playing Weber State on a Saturday, I'm going Grizz all the way. If the Cats are playing NDSU, I'm going Cats all the way. If they're playing each other, I'm going Cats all the way. No, no. <laughs> I, I know I'm from Kalispell, so I should be Missoula. Um, my brother went to Montana State. I got to go to more Montana State games than I went to Grizz games. Um, one of my best friends from high school, Dan Ogden, he was a stud first team all state dude from Flathead High School a year behind me. He was a standout at Montana State. Um, one of the best football players I've ever played with in my life was a year ahead of me, Brandon Hoffenbacher, Hoffenbacher, however you pronounce it. I don't know. He's a buddy of mine. He was, I mean, every day in the team room, Notre Dame, you, there was a letter from everywhere. He ended up going to the Cats and I, he had a really good season. Um, I don't know. Toby Winters, he came from Flathead. He returned the kickoff um, in Bozeman, the opening kickoff for the touchdown. And I think that snapped. I think I was at the game my sophomore year that snapped the 17-year, 14 or 17 years in a row the Grizz had won. I was in Bozeman uh, for the game. And it was a Flathead guy that 
that house the kickoff to, to start the game. So I've always had kind of a soft spot for the Cats. I, I just enjoy it. But I like I said, if it's both teams, if they're not playing each other, I want the Grizz win, I want the Cats win, totally. Uh, but if they're playing each other, if i got to be shoved, it's it's blue and gold for me. I can't, other than saying I have family that went there, they didn't play football there or anything, but that's where it sits with me. All right, we can agree to disagree. <laughs> I was all ready to put on my Grizz hat. And I was going to say, Stevensville, you have to be Grizz. You don't get a choice. Yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much, uh, when I was a kid, the, the Gokachia brothers were playing for the Grizz, and they're from Steve I, so they were pretty much talented. Oh, okay. At that point, so my high uh, school coach was Grady Bennett. He's one of the, I think, still probably one of the better quarterbacks to ever play for the Grizz. He had an outstanding career, and um, yeah. So I mean, I've, I've known both sets of both. It's always tough to pick, um, but I will say, in the last ten years, I have gone to a Grizz game and a Cat Grizz game in Missoula, and I wore a Grizz shirt because I had no shirt of either team, and I was sitting in my friend's parents' season tickets, uh, season spots. And they're Grizz people, so I felt the need and I felt the responsibility to throw some maroon on that game. Cats won, but right. well, they, they've won five in a row over the Grizz. Is it four or five? It's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's five, but it's been tough. Wow. So yeah, we'll see. But okay, well, this was a lot of fun. Stetson Spooner, the 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 co-football coach for Mullen St. Regis, athletic director at Mullen High School as well. Uh, thank you for coming on and helping us shine the spotlight on on Mullen. I know you guys don't always get the love and attention that you deserve. So it was really great for us to to come on and, and talk Mullen athletics for for a while today. Absolutely, man. Thank you. And like you said, sometimes with uh, getting the looks and all that stuff. That being said, Idaho sports, um, you guys with the prep cast and the coverage that you did and that you did last year, mostly um, us going down to Dietrich, getting to meet a couple of you guys, and and just the work you do with the with the uh, media polls and the power rankings and the, all the stuff you guys do is a huge reason um, is, is a huge reason why these kids like playing. They're getting looks, they get the Twitter stuff, they're getting shares and retweets. Colleges are looking, huddles work. It's it's fun, man. You guys have a, a, as big a hand in in the Sky Galloways and the Riley Trogdens getting a shot at Western and Dickinson as we do as coaches and them do putting time in. You guys do a great job for us, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely, and we're, we're happy to do it. So good luck uh, Friday night against Clark Fork, and uh, maybe we'll circle back and, and talk to you again a little bit later on down the road, hopefully getting ready for a playoff run. Perfect. That sounds good, man. All right, thanks for tuning in to this edition of the North Idaho PrepCast here on idahosports.com.